We went to Mexico in January of this year, well, actually for Christmas, to be with my little girl. And uh, Emilio Escadigo, who is a fantastic talent and personality in the business world, a multimillionaire many times over at the age of 31, uh, came to me and said, Bill, he said, uh, uh, I know you speak Spanish, and uh, he said, I want you to make some records and do some albums for us uh, down here. Well, and I, of course, immediately objected, Red, because I was there for Christmas and there to relax, yeah. and I had just finished uh, 47 weeks last year mm -hmm. of touring to Europe twice and what have you. But the old call was there, and we went down and we did two albums, and uh, I did one album called uh, Bill Haley A Go-Go, uh, which of course was more or less new in Mexico at that time, this is uh, in January of this year, and I did a song called Tierra de las Mil Dances. Pardonnez-moi, that's French, <laughs> I don't know Spanish. <laughs> and th and this, this red, I think this week is number seven or number eight in Mexico, it, uh, it has become a big hit for us down there. Our album is uh, about the number three best-selling album in Mexico. And of course, as you know, Mexico City is the capital of Latin America. And off we go again, as far as the Latin people are concerned. Incidentally, Tierra de las Mil Dances is a land of a thousand dances. Oh, right? wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. There was a hit of that in, in, in uh, North America, I think, too. Yes. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, the other day when you were here visiting with us, you mentioned a thing that I think only people in show business can really appreciate, and that is the fact that there comes a time when you can have, like any good thing in life, too much success. Now, would you explain to me what I mean by this in asking it, but more what happened to you through the years when you were really up there to the point where people were, well, your life wasn't your own. Well, Red, I'll tell you, you know, I, I suppose this will be interesting for a lot of the young, young people who are listening. The real inside story of what happens to an artist, such as probably is happening right now to the Beatles and, and happened to Elvis and to myself, uh, I'll give you a typical two weeks in the life of Bill Haley and the Comets in the year 1958. I'd like to hear it. 1957. I want to qualify uh, this just before you get going, Bill, and that is what Bill Haley is about to say is actually what happens. It's the other end, because most people, including people in radio business, only see mainly one end, and that is, oh, look at him. Look how lucky he is. Yeah. And uh, isn't it wonderful? And wouldn't I like to have my clothes ripped off, etc.? So, Bill, you go ahead. I just wanted to throw that in. This is All right. This, uh, I'll, I'll give you a very short account of what happened uh, uh, starting with Christmas time of 1957. Or 1956, I have to. Yeah, the, the end of 1956. We um, uh, were booked to go to Australia on a 10-day tour. And I'll even give you figures, Red, because sure. uh, uh, the price we received was $77,000 for 10 days and round-trip fares to go down to uh, Sydney, Australia. And on the tour, I took uh, Laverne Baker, uh, the Platters, Freddie Bell and the Bellboys, and Big Joe Turner and myself. And they all received their own uh, individual salaries. Uh, Big Joe, I think, got $15,000. And, and anyway, we left uh, the 27th of December, and we flew to uh, Los Angeles. Um, we hit a lightning storm coming into Los Angeles, or a lot of lightning and wind, and the plane almost crashed coming in. Mm. And uh, however, thank goodness, we landed safely. Uh, we spent uh, four hours in Los Angeles, and uh, during that four-hour period, we did three press conferences and two t two short TV shows. Uh, didn't have time to eat, by the way, and we took off for Honolulu, and uh, we landed in Hawaii. This was just before the jets came on, Red, if you remember. Mm -hmm. uh, Big Joe was uh, very <laughs> very afraid of airplanes, and of course we had to nursemaid Big Joe Turner all the way across. Um, 
We landed in uh, in Honolulu, a uh, very uneventful flight, a very beautiful flight, and we spent all of three hours in Hawaii. And of course, they, they fed us on the plane, so at last we finally ate. <laughs> we uh, flew from there to the Canton Island. Um, this whole flight altogether took 56 hours from New York to, uh, to Sydney, Australia. Um, uh, the, the Canton Island to the Fiji Islands, and in the Fiji Islands, our picture had just opened there, rock around the clock, and uh, we got off the plane. We had a one-hour stopover so they could refuel the plane. It was the old Pan American Super Stratocruiser. Uh, we uh, attempted to get some, to go to the restaurant to get something to eat, and uh, the people found out somehow we were coming in, and uh, they came, in, thousands of them, and they grabbed me and uh, lifted me on their shoulders and took me away, and they couldn't take the plane off because they couldn't get me back, and the people wouldn't give us back. I lost uh, <clears throat> my sport jacket, my wallet, and all the money I had, my rings and everything that I had on me there. Finally, after two and a half hours, uh, Pan American was allowed to take their flight out, and they got us out of there. Uh, we landed in Sydney, Australia on the 29th, I think it was, of December, uh, and started to do our tour. Uh, we had uh, an uneventful opening in Sydney, Australia. We went from there to Adelaide and Perth. And in Newcastle, uh, which is a very small town in the northern part of Australia, uh, the runway wasn't big enough for the big plane, so they had a chartered plane to take us in. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, we had a rather bouncy trip getting in and getting out of there with all the equipment and the people we had on the plane. The pilot made the statement to us, well, there's a white line at the end of the runway. If the wheels are not off the ground by the time you watch, if they're not off the ground by the time we get to there, <laughs> you have to pray that we can get stopped. And of course, uh, this was all very nerve wracking. And we, uh, however, once again, got off the ground safely. And we went from there to, uh, no, to Adelaide from there. Now in Adelaide, Red, the temperature was 116 degrees. Uh, I can believe that. I caught a cold there uh, from this and had to do the shows with a fever of 104 degrees. Uh, and all this time I was uh, very sick on the whole tour. Uh, from there we went to Melbourne for three days and I lost my voice and I got a lawsuit from the promoter because I didn't show up for one of the shows. And there went about $30,000 of the 77. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I got, I, I, we got caught outside the, uh, the arena and once again had the clothes ripped off us and what have you. And uh, finally we left to come home from Sydney, Australia. Uh, and I remember breathing a sigh of relief as the plane took off. And as we were coming back between uh, Sydney, Australia and uh, the Canton Islands, uh, the pilot, uh, the captain of the ship, who was a very close friend of mine, had, because we had flown down with him, right. told me, he says, Bill, he said, uh, if you're a drinking man, you better go down into the cocktail lounge in the belly of the plane here, he said, and start to, to get yourself as drunk as you can get because we're coming into a monsoon. He said, and we don't have enough fuel to go back to Sydney, and we don't have enough fuel to, uh, to fly over or around the monsoon, and we can't get under it, so we're going to have to go through it. And uh, we did, and uh, it, the plane at one point dropped 600 feet, and they say the wings, just uh, like the wings of a, of, a, of a dove, shall we say, just bent straight up in the air. It broke every uh, drinking glass in the plane. I remember the salads from the dinners were all over. One of the fellows had a broken arm. Uh, we finally, however, safely got back to San Francisco, and at this point, well, we had to, to get another plane because the one was so badly damaged when we got to Hawaii. And this all took, uh, took place within 10 days. Uh -huh. right? Now, this is the other side, as we're telling <coughs> sure you. Sure it is. Now, 
the story is a long way from being over. We got to San Francisco, and there was a blizzards all across the United States, and there was one last flight leaving for New York, and we had to take it because we were sailing on the Queen Elizabeth for London for our ill-fated tour of 1957, and we took this flight, and uh, planes were stacked up over New York for uh, something like, oh, 45 minutes to an hour in a snowstorm, and once again, thank goodness, we landed safely in New York. Needless to say, Red, by this time, you know, it's also quite a job keeping musicians in line. And at this time, we had eight men in the band, and uh, some right. of them were very high-strung and nervous, and a few of them wanted to quit. And there I was with contracts for England, and I had to take them, and uh, we had all the strain of keeping the boys together. And if this wasn't bad enough, we got on the, the, uh, the Queen Elizabeth, breathed a sigh of relief, and uh, hit a hurricane going across the Atlantic with the <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. Uh, boats were thrown up on the shore in London or in uh, Southampton, England, and everything from the hurricane. We uh, finally, we landed at Cherbourg, France, because they, they couldn't, uh, for some reason or other, and the next day went across to England. Had 20,000 people waiting at the dock when the boat docked in Southampton, England. Uh, once again, lost all our clothes. I remember I had a beautiful white cashmere coat that was ripped. <laughs> and then we proceeded to do six weeks of, of our, our tour in England. And I think the time as we landed at Waterloo Station, not landed, as our train came into Waterloo Station in London, they still remember, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will remember from England, because we have a lot of British people here, will remember the Battle of Waterloo, they call, as uh, thousands and thousands of people battled police and what have you. And the entire six weeks of the England tour were... Uh, a uh, thing where I, I don't think I ever got out of the hotel at one time, and they various dresses, such as they dressed me as a British Bobby to get me in and out of the theater. I remember we went down, <laughs> we had to go down through a manhole and down through the sewers to get into the theater and come out. And uh, numerous times there were two, two of the fellows were hurt very seriously on the trip. Consequently, the 1st of March we arrived back in the United States. Now this red is very typical uh, of what we uh, went through for seven years, this, this type thing. And uh, uh, but all in all, Red, I would, if I had the chance to do it over again, I would, because, uh, as I say, from all of it has come success in our field of the music. Right, but what, and I appreciate the story, Bill. That's fantastic. But the thing out of all of this is the fact that wasn't there a time when you could not tell the difference between Bill Haley, the performer, and Bill Haley, the person, and you might have asked yourself, is it worth it all? Well, yes, Red. I, I, I have to be perfectly honest about it, and I wouldn't have told you this a few years ago, but there were many times when I seriously considered uh, quitting, as, as I think almost every big entertainer does. And, and Elvis has told me this. Uh, many of the um, entertainers, once they, they have this, that type of success, they realize they have a tiger by the tail. And right. you have an obligation to your fans and to the people to go out and to... Uh, to do the shows uh, in Berlin, for instance, read the they they completely scared us to death because the the Berlin riots. I'm sure you remember those oh. that we had, and uh, uh, we uh, got up into the skylight up on, on top of the uh, sports palace in Berlin, and we were there for three hours. We couldn't get out of the place. And uh, in Buenos Aires, our tour of South America. Uh, I think I told you this story you at the did. club the other night. Uh, there were thousands and thousands of people outside the theater. And uh, they were trying to get us into the theater and thousands inside the theater, and we couldn't get in. There was just no way. And uh, finally, in succeeding in doing so, uh, many policemen and what, a lot of people were hurt, including myself, because someone got my tie from behind and was pulling, and the police were pulling from the front. And uh, once again, I was almost strangled to death. 
But of course, Red, these are only the the, uh, the bad side. There have been many, many good sides uh, also. You have to and, take the good with the bad. Of course you do. Sure. Mm -hmm.